today on Growth Mindset University. Show kids that there's alternatives to it. Then if you decide to go to school, power to you. Go to school. I don't even think kids should go to high school, to be honest, but that's another, <laughs> that's another discussion. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. Formal education, a.k.a. college, has been a topic of conversation on Growth Mindset University that's come up repeatedly over the past almost two years now. Is it a complete waste of time? What's wrong with it? What can be done to fix it? And views on it in general. And all of this, by the way, is the topic of my upcoming TEDx talk in March of 2020. Now, today's episode is a compilation of conversations that we've had about education on the podcast. Cut up these clips, made it into an episode. You're going to hear from some highly credible people today, some very high authority people, namely Grant Cardone, James Altucher, Naveen Jain, Dan Locke, Don Wetrick, Ron Carucci, and J.T. McCormick. So a familiar cast of characters here, all past guests, except Grant Cardone. That episode with Grant is coming out on January 6th of 2020. So anyway, I really hope that you enjoy this conversation or these many conversations today about education. And the first conversation that you're going to hear today is a short one with Grant Cardone. And your kids, though, are homeschooled. Now, this is an interesting thing. Is that correct? Yeah, they're, they're, they're homeschooled, not because I want to homeschool them, because I don't want them in schools. Why? Because uh, I didn't want to be in school. The thing's broken. Like, why would I want exactly. to send my kids to something broken? I, I think formal education is a huge scam, like, especially when you get to the college level. I think yeah. it's a complete waste of time. Yeah, well, the first 12 years, you know, the first 12 years are just like, it's prison, man. All you got to do is drive by the school that you went to as a kid. And it doesn't look like, like, I don't know where you, where you went to school, but my school, when I drive by it, Prien Lake, Oak Park, uh, Oak Park, uh, the, the, uh, the LaGrange, I'm like, that don't look like a fun place to go to. No, I, and, that, that's and, what, that's what James Altucher and I were talking about recently too, like college equals prison and and even and yeah and you're even talking though like elementary I'm school fifth grade yeah. i'm talking ninth grade eighth grade seventh grade sixth grade i'm talking 50 minutes of hell uh having to put up with a grammar class and i don't know why i'm there i don't know what we're studying i don't know why i'm going to use it how i'm going to use it so that's why i was working with my kids this morning on on um uh before i got here uh, uh, Scarlett was doing what, what, what was she doing? She was, Oh, clocks. We were doing clocks. She's eight. So we're doing clocks and we're doing subtraction and we're doing multiplication with zeros. And, and it goes on and on and on. I'm like, Hey, do you got one row of clocks? You don't have to do the second row. Mm. Like, you, you know, you got it. You got this, you know, when 440 is show me 440 on my watch. And then she shows it to me. I said, good, we're good. Let's roll. Next, let's go find something. Let's go find something you want to learn about. 
And by the way, why would you want to know what time it is? You know, so you can be there for your appointment. You can be there early for your appointment, make a great impression because that's what's going to matter more than anything is. And somebody's probably going to tell you when 440 is. I mean, she's got a damn phone that tells her when 440. You're going to set your damn alarm. It's going to tell you, get your ass over there. And what I'm telling her is, look, you know, what you need to know about time is you need to be early, always early. Yeah. Don't be on time. Be early. So, like, when it says 440, you need to be there like 420, sit there waiting, hungry, ready to go, just like, la, 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 let's roll. This next conversation, which is about 29 minutes long, by the way, has been one of the highlights of the podcast. It is a conversation with someone who's been a hedge fund manager, venture capitalist, the host of the James Altucher show. Of course, it's James Altucher. Of course, he's also the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of one of my favorite books, Choose Yourself. Please enjoy this conversation with my hero, James. When did you start to, your beliefs about education and the, whole, the system as a whole start to become what they are now? Well, it started off as a financial thing. What are the things people spend the most money on in life? They spend mo their most money on a house and on college. And then I don't know what, what's after that. Like maybe a couple of cars or maybe uh, I don't. nothing even comes close to house and college. So if you're kind of, you know, upwardly mobile, you're, you're buying expensive, more and more expensive houses and spending more and more money. And you want to send your kids to a pretty good college. And even like, middle middle tier colleges like not even in the top 100 their tuitions now are as high as like harvard like over 60,000 a year and so i started so so for me my biggest mistakes were always not only just making huge financial decisions with investments but making other huge financial decisions like buying a house or going to college you know and and i started looking into this you know tuition has gone up 10 times faster than inflation um, every single year since 1977. In fact, in fact, tuition is up more than inflation since then by a factor of 10. Healthcare, which people usually uh, go broke because of healthcare costs, healthcare costs are only up a factor of three over inflation, but tuition's up a factor of 10. And it's because the government will let 18-year-olds take out $250,000 in loans and say, don't worry about it. Don't no, worry about it. No but, questions asked. Yeah, no questions asked. And then, oh, by the way, this is the one type of loan you cannot not pay or we will get you in every pot. We'll take it from your salary. We'll take it from your home. We'll take it from everything. Like, so we, so now student loan debt's gone from $200 billion in 2002 to $1.6 trillion now. 22 million adults have student loan debt. And and the debt they'll ne they're never going to pay it back. Like the the uh, somebody wrote me two days ago, she has three hundred sixty three thousand dollars in student loan debt. And you think, oh my god, well she didn't have to go to Harvard. No, she went to some random school. She did a year or two of law school, and she's stuck now because she doesn't want to be a lawyer. So which happens to many people, but it used to be a generation ago, you didn't have three hundred sixty three thousand dollars in debt. You had maybe. Forty thousand dollars in debt, twenty thousand dollars in debt, and and you can still start a company and you know participate in the American frontier, which is entrepreneurship and innovation and helping people and delivering value. Now, 
I literally know people who get great degrees and they have to get like a job as a salesperson in an eyeglass store because you have to immediately start paying down that debt. There's And what happens is, is that rich people send their rich kids to college without debt. Those rich kids marry other rich kids who are also not in debt and going to those best schools. And the people in debt you know, are going to not as good schools. They, they're getting, they're, they're taking on this huge student loan debt. They marry people in huge debt. And so it goes another generation. And so that's really how income, it's not even an education thing. It's it's a huge societal income inequality thing where income inequality is getting greater and greater. Uh, people can't, those 22 million Americans can't go off and start companies anymore. So, so you know, in China with, you know, something like 500 million people uh, with college degrees or whatever, they're starting companies, they're improving on their technology. You know, the world's shifting. And in part, it's because young kids are so straddled by debt. Now, on the educational side, it does not take four years to learn a skill. And, 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 and employers even are looking more and more at skills than degrees. So it takes maybe a year to learn a skill well enough uh, as if you had gone to a four-year college and and you can learn it online for free any any important skill that will help you in your job instead of the you know 80% of of american students are like involved in some they're majoring in some kind of grief studies and you know nobody's you know learning real skills because you can learn those all online easily and i don't know i even from an educational perspective oh but then people say then they just say, people say oh but you know it's a good way to socialize learn how to be social I don't have to pay my kid $250,000 to make friends from the ages of 18 to 22. She's going to do that, like with, with, with or without me paying her to do it. Well, what's like the alternative then? Like, so you're an 18 year old. What's the socialization then? The socialization equivalent? Well, that's a great question because 18 year olds are so brainwashed by their school system into thinking there's only one way to live in society. Isn't that right? And, and so so I have 18-year-olds. I have I have two 17-year-olds, an 18-year-old, and two 20-year-olds. And everybody, they're all five of them are convinced they need to go to college to have a good life. No matter what I, they've read all my stuff. No matter what I say, uh, my, my daughter who's in college, I said to her, I will pay you exactly, tell me the tuition amount. I will just give you cash and you can have it and just do what you love to do. So she wants to be an actress, which is really hard to do, obviously. Majoring in acting is not going to make you a successful actor. So I said, why don't you spend a year at least learning auditioning, which is not taught in college. And that's a big part of the lifestyle of being a successful actor. See if you could psychologically handle it, bartend or be a waitress, because you're going to have to do that if you want to be a successful actor. Uh do the things that actually will give you a four-year head start and will teach you more quickly the skills. Now, you ask her socialization. Do you think if she's a waitress and also spending half her time auditioning, she's not going to meet other kids her age or or similar age who are doing something similar? By the way, they don't have to be her age. I have no friends who are my age. I have friends who are up to 20 years older and up to 30 years younger. Like you're, you're, As you get older and older, your friends are not your age anymore. We're not in the same grade. Like that's a school thing. Like we're, uh, we're, we're, I have friends all over the age map. Yeah. I don't know if anyone is exactly my age that I'm friends with. 
nor do I ask, nor do I know if anybody has a degree that I'm friends with. So these things start to disappear in importance, all the things that kids think are important. And I try to tell my 18-year-old, I stop arguing. I would do more questioning and uh, like, well, what do you think the degree is going to help you with? Uh, oh, getting a job. Well, what about the fact that Google, Ernst & Young, and these other 50 schools say they no longer lo- look at degrees? I even just read an article today. Some big company no longer is even allowed to look at degrees. They tell their people, don't look at degrees at all. And they showed real high executives who have no degrees. And But my kids won't believe it. They say, oh, no, it's just for safety. I'll get a job if I have a degree. And, you know, uh, I don't know how to convince my my kids. Now, I suppose what I could have convinced them would have been to say, well, I'm going to force you to take out the loans. But I didn't do that. Well, it's, which is maybe a mistake. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. We're we're sold this default path. We're like sold an American dream. And I don't want to give off the wrong connotation there. But I think you know what I'm saying. I mean, you talk about the default path where it's like, go, you know, get good grades. so You can get into a good school go graduate with good grades so you can get a good job and work in that job for 40 years until you're 65 years old, then retire and depend on a non-existent social security check for the next three years until you die and save everything, including travel for those three years. Why are we so stuck on that path? Well, I think- Because I, I don't want to participate. I'm not participating. I think, I mean, just think of yourself and think of every parent here or every parent listening to this. You know, up to the age of 13, kids sort of latch onto their parents. Like when they're 12 or 11, they're still latching onto you when you cross the street. Like, help me cross the street. But at the age of 13, we all know teenagers start to get a little bit more aggressive with their parents and they start to hang out with their friends more, which is fine because 70,000 years ago, somebody my age would have been dead and they couldn't rely on help. A a 15-year-old 70,000 years ago couldn't rely on help from their weak, old parents. They could only rely on forming strong bonds with their peers. And uh, and our DNA is not different. Just because society is different than it was 70,000 years ago, we're no longer running from lions and other tribes and whatever. Society is very different, but the DNA is the same. So they start to latch onto their peers, and all of their peers think that college, you know, we've, America has spent trillions of dollars training kids to think college is the only way to go. I mean, uh, the American government makes a lot of money on the interest from student loans. American government makes a lot of money on the interest from housing loans. So so everything in the educational system, which is essentially run by the government, trains kids to think in only one way. And the kids then compete with each other and and their, their peer group says, oh no, if you don't get into this school or that school or you don't have this on your SAT. I mean, the SAT is like, the stupidest test ever, the stupidest way to measure aptitude ever. And now they're adding like an adversity score, so it gets complicated. And regard, like everything has good intentions. Like, yes, it's good intentions. Like take into account the differences in people. It's good intentions. Everybody should have a higher education. These are all good intentions, but they're not the only way. And, and at some point people decide this is the only way. And then they spend trillions of dollars trying to convince everyone else. So that's very convincing. And there are other ways. And I do think eventually the debt will get so high that people are just like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. You're killing society. But I hope it's not too late when we get that realization. Yeah, well, I'll play devil's advocate for a second. I mean, I to me, for me to play a devil's advocate on education is, is 
interesting and unheard of because I just post, I'll post like, and people know this here, I will post on LinkedIn, formal education is a huge scam and just take all the flack, some flack, but mostly, mostly people are on board, which is interesting. More and more people are agreeing now. And I've even seen it shift over the past six months. Yeah. Uh, I, but, when I first yeah. wrote about this in 2005, sorry to interrupt. Yes, yes, yes. I first wrote about this in 2005. No one agreed with me. I lost friends, everything. But now I think it's at least a discussion, although my kids don't agree, but it's at least a discussion among people. You know, it's interesting. Somebody even commented on one of the posts. I mean, I kind of I kind of go off about it every two weeks, but it was like a month or two ago. And one of the comments was, yep, one of those subjects that everyone seems to agree upon. And I was like, wow, things have really changed in this talk. It was just six months ago, six, seven months ago that I was getting viciously attacked for for all of this it was it was it was like it was like 80 percent good agreeing 20 percent hatred well but well, it, now it's like 95 agreeing five percent like uh well and it's not even like hatred anymore it's like they, they're on the defense i think it's because candidates for president now have realized it's a problem so they're talking about student loan debt relief i don't know if that's the solution actually i don't know what's the, what's the solution well i think i think I think the solution is first increase, you know, price is a function of supply and demand. So we've in- drastically increased the demand. There's a fixed amount of college accredited college seats, but we've drastically increased the demand by essentially making it free for 18 year olds. They think it's free because they don't understand the debt that they're taking on. They don't understand what risk is. the The, the prefrontal cortex of the brain. You, you, a human typically finishes growing that at the age of 25, and that's the part of your brain that assesses risk. So by definition, 18-year-olds are mentally ill. Like their their brains are deformed from the brains of adults, and they don't know how to assess risk. So for them, there's no risk at all in going to college. So so that's why they don't agree. But, um, you know, so, so you can't... I don't know if... The, so, so they're always going to have demand if you give make it free for them. The way you cre- increase supply, though, to reduce price is let's just make all online colleges accredited, and those have infinite seats. So make Coursera or Khan Academy or Code Academy, which teach actual skills. They've been around for a decade. You know, people have learned lots of skills and gotten lots of jobs because of these, so they're clearly providing a good education. Let's make them accredited. Then, boom, uh, supply goes way up. Uh Demand remains the same now, and price goes way down. So that at least solves the price problem. In terms of uh, debt relief, I don't know. You know, sure, it would be great to forgive everyone's debt, and and maybe it should come from the private sector, like that. The billionaire Robert Smith is um, paying back all the loans of from Morehouse. I thought that was a really good thing. I think more steps like that coming from the private sector, like they benefit from the educational system, so help the people who are now in debt from going to the same colleges that you did. That's, that seems good rather than, you know, the government seems to complicate everything. And it's not that like that I'm a, such a libertarian, but I'd rather individuals help, you know, than, than a big institution helps. Well, it's not even the financial side of things that, that I look at when it comes to education. That's half the problem. That's only half. The other half of the problem is that, I don't even know that we're getting an education in there. We're learning – some of the things we're learning are – I mean, the, the syllabi and material are decades outdated. 
Yeah, and even they say, oh, well, not enough, only 7% of kids in college now are doing some STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, and- 7%? Yeah, which is 33% in China, 7% here, and uh, I don't even know if that helps. Like, I majored in computer science, then I went to graduate school in computer science, and then after I was thrown out of graduate school, I stayed around- the grad school enough, like I had various jobs doing programming at the grad school. So it took it took another three years before I got a real job. I got a job at HBO doing computer programming. And I here I had already, you know, I got this undergrad degree at a good school for computers. I had programmed for years and years and years. I had studied it for years and years and years. I couldn't do anything. I was the lowest level programmer at, at my job and I was completely incompetent. I was so incompetent it, the people at HBO, they said to me, like, look, we don't want to fire you, but we have to send you to remedial computer programming classes. Um, and I'm like, I went to grad, I got accepted, to, I, I can't say I went, but I got accepted to graduate school at Carnegie Mellon for computer science. I've been programming for years. I got my undergrad in computer science with, my computer science classes were almost all A's. And uh, I was an idiot at computer programming. I had to take two months of remedial classes at AT&T uh, and then, but but then I got really into it and I got better. Like, you only really get good at things you're passionate about. Somehow or other, I got passionate again about programming and I was good for a short while more. Well, now I think it's compounded because here's what's going on in the universities. Let me, I'll, I'll give you the, the inside scoop because unfortunately, I call it prison. You know, I, grad, I get out of prison in a year. I'm, I am still in prison. I'm still in school. Uh, and here's what's going on in there, especially in the business school. The homework assignments, the homework and quizzes are McGraw-Hill. They're, you just click through them and you can still get an A just by clicking through them. The, the tests are auto-generated by McGraw-Hill's test bank of questions. You just click like the learning outcomes and outcomes of test. We bubble it into a Scantron. And then that Scantron comes out with a number that somehow defines us. Grades are an illusion, by the way. Uh, and I j- and, oh, and the teachers are reading from McGraw-Hill powerpoints that are just the same they're cookie cutter classes and we're not actually learning anything and the system can be gamed cheating is rampant system can be gamed if it can be gamed it most likely a lot of the time will be gamed Uh, so more and more this problem is compounding and people are coming out with, uh, with no education, really. Yeah, uh, we're not I, learning anything that's relevant to the world today. We're not. I so, so agree. We seek outside resources. We have to. You know, use the word, responsible. You use the word prison. Colleges come from. They started in the Renaissance, and there used to be. You'd have a college. You'd send all your eighteen-year-old men to it, and there was guards circling the college. But the guards. We're not facing outwards, keeping out, you know, roving bands of barbarians or whatever. The colleges, the guards were facing inwards to make sure the students wouldn't escape because this was right after the, it used to be, everyone knew violent crimes were most likely to be committed by men ages 18 to 22. So in the medieval period, kings would send the 18-year-old men off to the crusades, like, oh, Go to Jerusalem, get out of here. And those were over. So now it's like, okay, go, we'll call it a college, but it's really a prison. Like you say, this, this is how they avoided like violent crimes in, in their various yeah. kingdoms. I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I guess I refer to it as prison because like the only thing or one of the only things that gets me down nowadays 
I mean, I, I've like I've done so much to just build good around my life. Like there's so many tools in my tool belt to like make me feel good all the time. Uh, like reading every day, non-negotiables, like reading 10 pages. I wake up, read Choose Yourself. I read, uh, you know, I read some Mark Manson. I read Tony Robbins, um, you know, and I'll exercise and I'll eat right, no grains. And uh, those, that's, those are my tools in my tool belt. But school, school gets me down. Like it, it just, it, the, the fact that like I'm there, it's like crushing the crushing my creativity, my uh, uniqueness, um, and it's just like a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a gigantic and and tragic criminal waste of time and energy and resources. Yeah, because look, you're doing this podcast, so you're st- obviously this is not like a school thing. So you're learning an important skill by doing this. You're pro- you're talking to not counting me, you're talking to interesting people all the time, probably. Yeah, Mark, and, Mark Manson was on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark Manson's friend, a great yeah. guy. Uh, so he, he's been on my podcast yep, as well. Several times. And uh, uh, so you're learning real things, and then you go back to school, it's probably like a different a different world. This is more the real world where you're learning. Like, when I was in graduate school, but I started writing all the time, then I was, oh, this is like what it's like to build a really difficult skill and get good at it. It's very hard to do. It's not like getting an A. You're going to get thousands of Fs before you get one C, before you get one A. Like that's a real skill that you're going to learn in in life. And you never learn that. Like if if my one of my daughters gets an A minus, she starts crying. And I I one time I was teaching my daughter when she was much younger, I was teaching her to play tennis, and she would start crying if she hit the serve into the net. And I said, "Look, you you need to to learn how to hit a good serve. You're gonna have to hit, take enough risks to hit the ball into the net many times. But they don't teach you this in school because you're supposed to get an A all the time, which is a completely wrong philosophy of life. It's like the reverse philosophy of life. Well, fittingly enough, you know they don't teach it in school. This podcast is about all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school, but did not, and learning them from the people that we should have learned them from. Because I mean, most often too, the professors. You know, on top of them not being particularly particularly dialed in, um, they haven't actually done the thing that they're talking about. We want to talk a little bit more about education. We're going to start to put a bow on it. And if you were, what what question would you ask parents to consider if they are wondering if college is the right thing for their children? Well, I mean, uh, just picture what if you just had this money that you were going to put aside for college, whether it's debt or your money. And imagine the kid uh, exploring interests, but having this money in their bank account that that they can't spend. They need your approval on everything. I, You know, I don't know. Who, who knows the right methodology there? But just imagine what they can do in those four years if they didn't go to college. Like I mentioned my daughter who who is interested in acting. She could go through four years of auditioning, four years of taking improv classes, four years of taking maybe singing classes, uh, and then learn also all the skills that actors need, like being a good waiter in a big city. You can actually make a lot of money. Uh, uh, And then she can also learn all of the interests that all the other people she meets are starting to explore and, and come up with ways to maybe succeed. So right now she's in an opinion ghetto where everybody believes the exact same thing. Opinion ghetto. No one's actually learning real world skills that they can use. So when she graduates at 22, she'll have essentially no money and 
no skills, and starting from scratch at a point where she could have started uh, four years earlier. So I don't know what question to ask parents really because parents usually also want to send, like look at all these parents who were rich and famous who they paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kids into mediocre schools. It's crazy. And then you have like Dr. Dre saying, oh, well, my kid didn't cheat. She got into whatever school, you know, the right way. Oh, what about the $70 million donation you made for their new library? Like, it's just all kind of this weird scam. Well, yeah. By the way, I don't blame him. He did did what he felt he had to do. But I don't know if parents are the right people to convince. I think the kids will be convinced when they realize how much pain they're in. The parents are not in pain. The kids are. Well, back to devil's advocate from like 30 minutes ago before I lost that. I don't know that the answer, as as much as I despise what's going on in the education system and I think it's criminal, I don't think the answer is to not go to school. It's just to incorporate the relevant learning outcomes and sort of – and maybe maybe not have it be as outrageously expensive and inflated. I mean, it's – it's in, I mean, as you were mentioning, it's, in, it's inflated much – like disproportionately compared to other things. Yeah. Um, so, I, like, so that's why – We just got to revamp the system. That's It's, it's not a – so it's that's not a neat, terrible, unfixable problem. Right. So that's why there's several solutions. One is to increase the supply of seats so price goes down. The other is to maybe reduce demand by showing people that, oh, co- co- big companies don't um, require degrees. Uh, and also showing kids you can get skills in other ways now, particularly with YouTube and all these online courses and everything. Then the actual equation of, price is a function of supply and demand might be accurate. Right now, it's not accurate, and that's part of the problem. And then, you know, I don't know, just to show kids that there's alternatives to it. Then if you decide to go to school, power to you. Go to school. Uh, I don't even think kids should go to high school, to be honest, but that's another <laughs> that's another discussion. Uh, I mean, man. I see now kids go to high school because yeah. they're afraid they're not going to get into college. So they're up at like one, two in the morning preparing for these stupid AP exams. Literally, like they'll be crying yeah. at one in the morning while finishing their homework and tears dropping on their homework. It's like <laughs> the worst thing we're putting these 16 and 17-year-olds through. There, there were a couple of good things I was thinking about in in high school uh, the other day um, as far as learning goes. The overall experience was just piss poor for me, but that's another story. Uh, you know, I was introduced to the Great Gatsby in English class, uh, and uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, um, even just the vocabulary that we that we did in that class. And in ninth grade, I I felt benefited me. Um, so there it's, was, it's great that you learned from those. I had those books also then. I didn't learn from them then. I had to reread them at age twenty five, and then I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. So for me. And for everybody, I think it's just different, the age, when you realize, oh, there's art and beauty here. I would never, I because I was interested in other things, in ninth grade, I would not have appreciated, I did not appreciate Old Man in the Sea, Great Gatsby. Old Man in the Sea now is a book I reread every single year. I hated it in ninth grade. I just, I read one chapter and I said, forget it, I'm just going to use the Cliff's Notes, which was then the equivalent of cheating. I don't know if that even exists anymore. <laughs> and well, it's even worse. Yeah, now you can just buy your, your essays online. That uh, you could go to. So every single answer to these quizzes that we have to take online, and I kid you, every single one, it's on a website called Quizlet.com. Everyone, everyone just copy, paste, and it shows up verbatim, word for word in, in Quizlet. And it's uh, so like you could just, you know, again, you don't have to pay attention. You could just get in it. You just, 
you just you just have the answers there. They, they they're all there. Yeah, so I I believe it. So why yeah. go to high school even? True. I think junior <laughs> high school probably. I don't know. Junior high school was the worst. I, I wouldn't even think it. Homeschool is like the only thing I did. <laughs> I remember like when I went elementary school was fine. Like, but then when I, I, we switched to like middle school, and I remember the first time the bus rolled up to middle school, and I was like in this kind of like lower class Jewish neighborhood, and we were all like these tiny You're Jewish, Jewish right? people. Yeah, I am and, as well. And and we I, we rolled up to middle school, and there was like these kids, eight foot tall kids with beards, and they were just like. <laughs> beating each other up and then beating us up and it was just like that was the beginning of the end of school for me yeah so do you think formal education is a huge scam uh yeah completely for all the reasons yeah yeah and mostly because of the good intentions of let's say give everybody an education that got twisted i mean why does the president of some of the tiniest schools in the world i don't even want to call any out actually but like a president of one like really bad tiny school makes three and a half million dollars a year and if you just google that you can see which one but they all kind of make millions a year why are they making so much money like the the presence of these schools because they know they can charge more and more and the government will take care of it now this next clip features a piece of my conversation with the billionaire ceo of moon express which is the first private company to be granted access to leave earth's orbit and he's also the founder of Viome, which is a company all about gut health. And here are his views on the current education system. To me, the education is great. And I love the idea of everyone having a great foundational education. Education is the plan B of life. It is every one of us who does a high wire act always have a safety net under them. That safety net is called education. Right. So everyone should get a great education and then go out and do the high wire app. But know when you fall, there is a safety net under you. Do you believe that the education system needs to evolve? Education system doesn't need to evolve. As a matter of fact, it needs to be rethought and recreated. Right. How? So, yeah. so first thing, simple. If you look at our education system, it is not broken. It is, not, it is fundamentally doing exactly what it was designed to do. It was designed to teach us skills, and it does an amazing job of teaches, teaching us skills. The problem is we're living in this world of exponential technologies where every skill that we learn becomes obsolete by the time we graduate. So that means now we have to rethink education from le- in, as opposed to teaching skills about learning to learn learning to solve problems because and most problems tend to be multidisciplinary that means you can no longer be unidisciplinary you have to have knowledge in multiple disciplines you have to learn to be collaborative you have to learn to really be adaptive and this whole idea of today in our education system i'm sitting in an exam and i say hey jordan what might be the best way of solving this problem and everyone thinks oh you that's cheating and you do the same thing at work. Mm. You do the same thing at work today. What do people say? Amazing team player. Right? Wow, look at that. Next up is my conversation with one of the greatest marketers, in my opinion, of our time, Dan Locke. Dan's net worth approaches $90 million. And here are his views on education. Having a college degree is no guarantee for success. That's right. 
Okay, so instead of oh, I go to college and everything, I I get my piece of paper, then everything would be fine. It's a piece of paper, man. That that's all that is. It's nothing more than that,、uh, and it's becoming it's becoming worth less and less.、Uh, and I- so. Yeah, go ahead. I, so, so I posted on. I, I gosh, I'm jumping. In. I, I don't usually jump in this much. I'm just so invested, Dan. Like, I love、yes. this conversation. I, lo- I love, I、uh, love to back and forth. Yeah, but、uh, I posted on. This is my one of my most controversial posts. I post. You know, when、mm-hmm. I go to a store and、mm-hmm. the cashier hands me a receipt, I say, "No, thank you. You can you can keep it. You can throw it away. I don't need it."、Mm-hmm. Well, when I walk across the stage to get my college degree, I'll probably say the exact same thing. And I, you know, I so I, I pretty much likened a college degree to a receipt, it,、mm. and and it's like worse than a receipt because you actually you can't. There's no return policy on it. Like that that two hundred thousand dollars is gone, though. But I got so I got like eighty percent love from that and just twenty percent pure hatred. Hatred, <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, that's I. I so、I'm、well, because the schools, the thing about the the school system, we have been programmed at a young age, right? Like imagine, like uh, uh, as, a, as a young kid, all of us, right?、Uh, a teenager, we want to, we want to, we want to buy the, that video game, right? We don't buy that toy. We go to mom and dad and say, "Hey, mom and dad, I want that thing, and I want to make some money." And then, what's the first thing they say? You go get a job. Yeah. yeah. Go get a job, make money, right? It's it's so ingrained in us. Oh, you know, go to school, right? So that's fine. I mean, I think we all have <clears throat> different paths. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be an engineer, absolutely, you need you need school training. But what if I want to be a YouTuber? What if I want to be a podcaster? What if I want to be a travel vlogger? What if I want to be <clears throat> be a makeup artist? Right.、Yeah. Even any, I mean, any sort of entrepreneur. Do you really need it? Yeah, like, it, 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 like that's what I mean. So, no one, like your banker, is not going to ask you for a school card. Is、uh, going to ask you for a financial statement. So, and I, I and I'm a such strongly believe, strong believer in this. And, I, and I'm actually now working with the school system to to change this because I think the the whole the whole job economy is dead. Yeah, it's totally dying. It's it's dead. Like it's dead. whatever 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 jobs you think you're gonna get after you graduate, but those jobs they may not be around by the time you graduate.、Um, and one thing that kind of frustrates me is this. Okay, I guess I have so many young people who follow my work, right?、And、one of the thing, one of the biggest frustrations I hear from them is this. See if you can relate to this, Jordan. So they say, okay, so you want to you want to have a, a successful life, you got to graduate and get, get your degree, right? So you can get a job. Cool. The graduate, they go now go for an interview, sitting across the table with the HR person. Okay, tell tell me about your thing. And well, I, I just graduated from so and so university, maybe a great university. You know, we don't we don't really hire people with no experience. Like we want people with some you know couple years experience, or we hire people with more education. Yeah, that's、okay. that's the common. That's the common. Right, like the, oh,、yeah. okay, okay. So I've gone to school for years. I have this piece of paper, but I cannot get a job because. I don't have enough experience, or I need more education. Fine, go back to school. Now I'm going to get a freaking MBA. How's that? Spend a few more years getting into more student loan, student debt. Now I graduate. I've now got not one piece of. I got maybe two degrees or and an MBA. Now I sit across the table, same HR person. Well, now can you hire me? No. Now you're kind of overqualified. <laughs> We don't really need an MBA because a lot of those jobs they're gone. We need. We want someone with like this kind of. Then, then what do you want the students to do? 
So if I don't get education, I cannot get a job. I graduate, I cannot get a job. Now I, am, I have more degrees, I still cannot get a job. Now I'm sitting on a few hundred thousand dollars in student debt that will take me forever to pay that off. I cannot get jobs or the jobs I'm studying for, they're going to be placed by AI, right? right. And now I go back to what, McDonald? <laughs> like it's sad. Yeah, no, I, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of people in my age, you know, I mean, I'm 21. It's sad. It's, it frustrates me. Serving jobs with finance degrees. It's, it's, it's like, what about the promises of like high education? And so that's why I'm so, my entire, like my education component, like division of my company, it's all about teaching people skills, giving people skills that are not taught in school. Like why spend four years preparing for something when you can spend maybe three to six months mm -hmm. and just start earning, right? When I teach my students, let's say the art of closing, high-tech closing. I teach them, a, I give them a closing skill. They go through a seven-week training. By the end of seven weeks, they are closing and they are making money. They're generating income. You don't need four years to do this, right? And you definitely don't need to get into tens of thousands of debt, dollars of debt to do this, right? So the job economy is dead. Now it's much more what I call the skill economy. Mm -hmm. So now it's about the Uber is a skill set. Right? It is a little simple, very kind of lower level, skill, but it's your skill, skill set, right? That you can go out there and you can generate income doing that versus having that piece of fancy piece of paper. And companies, like the proof is this. A lot of bigger companies, the Apple, right? A lot of bigger companies, now they say, hey, you know what? We're hiring. We don't even need you to have a college degree. We don't need you to go to university. That's no longer a requirement. Right, yeah. Why? Because they know just because you have that piece of paper, it doesn't mean you've got common sense. It doesn't mean you've got the skills. It doesn't mean you, you could do the job, right? Yeah. And now we have up next a conversation with someone that I've referred to in the past as my quote-unquote education superhero, Don Wetrick. Don was a high school teacher for about two decades and he made headlines all over in, in Forbes, uh, you name it, all over the internet about his innovation and open source learning class in high school. He did some really special things in that class. And here is uh, my conversation with Don Wetrick on education. We've actually had many conversations about this, uh, both episodes that I did with him, episode 128 and episode i think 76 i'm not exactly sure uh both have to do completely with education so this is just a small clip from it if you want to hear the full episodes check those ones out uh the student loan debt crisis is at 1.6 trillion dollars now with the average person who owes money owing an average of $37,000, which is uh, which is a lot of money like this. And, and doctors owe in excess of $200,000. Lawyers owe in excess of $120,000. Like this is the kind of debt that sets, that sets young people back decades, if not an entire lifetime. Young people my age and a little bit older are buying homes less often and they're having kids less often, even though they want to just as much as the previous generation. 
This is because, in part, due to the student loan debt, they have this extra gigantic burden on them that the previous generation did not have as much. One of the things that potential solutions that kind of came across my desk, somebody tagged me on LinkedIn in in a post one day of this article. Yeah. And you may have you may have seen it as well. I don't know how popular of a solution this is, but going to college is free. Now I know I, I know that the, um, this is not a socialist thing. Like like hear me out. <laughs> going to college is free, but the universities essentially invest in the students. I am so, gonna be so proud to tell you where this started. Okay. You know what you know what it is. I'll say it for the listener. Uh it's I don't know the exact percentage, but say like, okay, the university gets 10% of your salary once you graduate college for X amount of years. And, and in this way, I believe in theory, in theory, uh, there could be some holes in this, in this philosophy here in this solution. I don't know that I'm just not seeing that maybe you see. So in this way, it seems that universities would obviously be a lot more invested quite literally in the success of their students. I think this would be a very viable solution for the student debt crisis. Is this, is it a viable solution and and where did it come from, Don? Okay. So I'm not going to say that they thought of it. Matter of fact, they took some of the research done a long time ago, but they're, they have been the most notorious and the most talked about. And that is Purdue university, which is in my backyard. So go Hoosier state. Um, yeah, they're in Lafayette, Indiana, at West Lafayette, Indiana, and essentially it's a service contract. And the way that Purdue has it is they take 12 and a half, I believe, percent of your income for the next two and a half years. So the good news is if you, uh, if, if you're, um, basically going to make a good income, they're going to make their money back and a little extra. If you barely make minimum wage, well, they're not going to select you to begin with. Therein lies part of the problem. Are they are they paying for, uh, I'm not going to poop on anybody's major, but let's just say that underwater basket weaving is not something they're investing in, but electrical engineering and chemical engineering are. Uh, they're, they're a top five school for engineering. They're um, uh, honestly, it's an amazing school. Um, so they, the service contracts are, are exactly like you said, they have skin in the game. So of course they want their money back. They're not stupid. They pay, they pay for your college up front and they're like, all right. Now, some people say, well, that's indebted servitude. Um, what's a college loan? <laughs> At least on a college loan that you can't get out of. Like if you get a bad degree and you just get like nothing, like it's you're it's stuck on you with Purdue. And by the way, they did they did a thing with Planet Money, and then my favorite podcast, other than yours, of course, is Freakonomics. They had like an hour plus with uh, Mitch Daniels, and and they go into a deep thing here on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it like hey, we're we're putting skin in the game again. Where it turns its ugly head though is. Who's getting offered these service contracts? Well, people that they know are going to be um, employable. That's the only downside to it. So, yeah, I mean, that that's, I think that that is a partial solution. Um, it is good to see. Now, will that just, you know, will that drive another discussion of, okay, well, then if they're not willing to, I'll, just, I'll, I'll pick on my own major, education, right? It's still an employable thing. There's, we're still going to hire teachers. Is Purdue going to be offering these service contracts to teachers? Probably not. Why? Because it's an ROI thing. 
you know, if if the average call, and I think that Purdue in-state is about $25,000 a year, okay, it's $100,000 of debt. Therefore, them taking 12% of a starting teacher salary, let's just let's just make that a nice 40,000. Well, for a, you know, <laughs> they're not going to get their money back completely. So, um by doing that though, you really opened up a can of worms of like, okay, well then which degrees are worth it? Well, if you do the ROI and you're just looking at ROI, well, that's a different topic altogether. So those are my feelings on it. I'm I'm proud that Purdue is uh, among the first universities to really embrace this and try this. I think more universities should. Um, but again, it's gonna it's gonna be probably only offered to the elite, uh, high bracket, you know, income bracket people. Um, but I think that's a conversation worth having of you know who's gonna make what and is it worth investing in. Now, this next conversation was actually came up by surprise. My guest that's being featured in this conversation is Ron Carucci. He is the CEO of a company called Navalent, uh, and he contributes to Forbes and Harvard Business Review regularly. I, I didn't did not go into this conversation at all expecting that we would talk about education uh, this day, but Hey, just came up. Do you think that schools are preparing kids to to be um, efficient workers in the and 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 be well in the workplace and perform well? Uh, not even close. The, the mark the mark is so far it's almost terrifying. So that article, thank, by the way, I, saw, I noticed you shared it this morning on Facebook. Thank you for that. Yes. Um, that article does. One, it features my research on honesty. So the thing, the study I mentioned before, that's the research there. But two, the one thing I don't get to say in that article, uh, you might, you, if you watch the second TED Talk on influence, uh, I get to tell the story of my mentor, the woman who is has been my for thirty years, the woman who has been my champion and yeah. has has made me sharper. That's who I interview in that article. Uh, so that was especially. Oh, okay. So if yeah, so if you She's watch the second, yeah, she's amazing. You know, she's uh, she's almost 80 years old, you know, still the energy of a 50 year old. She just got a real estate license at 79 just because um, but has been in higher ed for 40 years. And so she's she has seen the underbelly and the barnacles on it. Um, I taught in grad school for 17 years. Um, it is astounding to me how many people are still coming out unprepared for the world for adulthood. If you want to put a, a link to a book that's a scary book about this subject yeah. um, uh, by my dear friend, Jonathan Haidt, um, called The Coddling of the American Mind. And it is about, it's scarily about your peer group, Jordan, um, and how ill-prepared we have made you for the workforce by telling you three horrible lies. We've told you that what doesn't, what doesn't kill you makes you weaker. We've told you the world is good and evil. We've given you these really bad ideas about how life actually works. And we've coddled you to the place where you're not resilient. You're not ready. You're not able to think for yourselves. You're not, you can't problem solve. Um, we've taught you that social media is a place to actually express yourself um, rather than temper yourself. So mm. it's, 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 it is profoundly deep research on people born, born between 1994 and beyond. And how, how anxiety and depression levels, suicide levels, um, social uh, social anxiety disorders, the, the amount of mental health challenges, much less professional and vocational angst 
your peers have because of how, what a bad job we as parents and we as a generation, but our schools have done to teach you what it means to, to be a good human being, uh, much less a, a good contributor in the workplace. It's, it, it honestly, I think borders on criminal. I think it really does. Um, I, I, all the time. I say it too. It's criminal. And, yeah. and so sure the parents that, that bribe their kids, yeah, they suck. They should go to jail. But my point in that article is we can't let the schools off the hook. It was happening under their noses. You know, we've been putting names on buildings for years and calling it, you know, philanthropy. Uh, our schools need to wake up. And Toby's great point was it's an higher ed is anachronism. It's going to be gone. Uh, and, you know, one, you know, today people see, you know, the online schools, you know, SNHU or University of Phoenix or whatever, and they sort of sneer and look down their nose. Those, you know what? Those degrees are going to be worth gold. Um, and, and corporations are now going to places like that and saying, you know what, they're, they're no help. So can you build me a curriculum that can train my workforce? You know, look what Delta did in, in Michigan, right? Delta went to Michigan, sort of went to a, a small college and said, can you train our technologists? We'll pay for it. You build the curriculum, you give them the degree. They said, sure. So Delta moved into Michigan, right? Because they had nobody to fix their airplanes. Yeah, and these are not like blue collar jobs. These are sophisticated technology jobs. And so if... The more the schools continue to marginalize themselves and, and try and keep their, their elite front, the more the workplace is going to say, we're going to go somewhere else. And, and we're going to, I long for the day when we finally stop saying that a, a, um, a credential, like a bachelor's degree, is required for a job. Thank you. It's, I mean, come on. It's, it's so time. We got, we got to move on. It, it, there's zero, zero data that that suggests that uh, having an undergraduate degree can predict success in the workplace, much less a graduate. Now, a graduate degree may be slightly different, right? A master's degree should be more of a professional degree, uh, more of a, a training degree. It should prepare you for a career. So presumably some of the knowledge you get from that, even though having taught grad school, I see sometimes how little MBA, certainly MBA students are prepared for business. But still, uh, they're slightly better than the undergrad. But the undergraduate degree is, I mean, I, I walk into an undergrad classroom, I think I'm just, I'm, this is like a extension of high school now. Uh, right. It's just nothing different about it. There's nothing different about the learning. Professors are not particularly dialed in. Um, so it's, uh, it is it is a crumbling empire. And frankly, if it's not going to fix itself, then crumble faster and get, get out of our way because we have people to train. I wanna, so the tweetable there is build a life, not a resume. Last but certainly not least is my friend JT McCormick. If you heard the episode with Tucker Max... Tucker was actually the CEO of Scribe Media at one point before he fired himself and gave the job to JT. So Tucker and JT work very closely together now. And JT, if you don't know his story from my episode with him in the early part of 2019, uh, he, against all odds, has become an ultra successful man just had nothing go going for him i he was one of like 10 or 10 or 20 kids uh his father was a pimp mother was a drug addict i don't even think he finished high school i think he has a ged uh don't quote me on on him not finishing high school but uh, definitely didn't go to college and this is his answer to my final question if you could teach a course at a university course of your creation or otherwise what would it be here it is my final question, JT, is you know, since this podcast is about learning the lessons that we should have learned in school but didn't, if you could teach a course at a university, 
a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? We've talked about a lot of topics today. Oh man, you just you just opened up, Jordan. I'm 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 getting ready to unleash a rant on you here. So I if sure. if I had the opportunity, I would not want it to be a college course. I would actually want to take my course back to high school. And I would want it to start your freshman year and extend all the way through your senior year of high school. And my course would be called um, Show and Tell. And I know that sounds odd, but I don't mean it like my five-year-old daughter where she takes her toy into school and she, she shows it and tells it. What I mean by Show and Tell is I want to be able to show youth how to shake a hand and tell them why it's important. I want to be able to show them attention to detail and tell them why it's important. I want to be able to show them a wealth advisor and tell them how they can become one. I I find it very offensive in our country that we know 40% of all graduating students, regardless of your your economic status in in life, 40% of all graduating high school students will never go to college. But we send you into the world with, we don't even teach you a handshake. We don't even teach you how to tie a tie, how to fill out an application. God God forbid, we don't even teach you what a high interest credit card means, what debt looks like. But we send you into the world and we say, good luck to you. So my class would be show and tell from your freshman year through your senior year. And we're going to talk, I'm going to show you what high interest debt looks like. I'm going to tell you why you need to avoid it. I'm going to show you how you can go to college and and tell you why that could be important. But I'm also going to show you entrepreneurship and tell you why that's important. So I'm blown away that we live in a society where we're still teaching Columbus Day when we know damn well he didn't discover America, but we won't even teach kids a handshake in, in, in school. And what, what's mind-blowing to me and why I said I would take mine back to, to high school is then you look at the student debt from college debt in our country, and some people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to college, and we still don't teach you how to shake a hand there. So it's it's mind-blowing to me the things that we do as a society that are just basic life essentials. So I would call my class Show and Tell basic life essentials. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.